Life is meant to be rewarding, satisfying, and enjoyed. But life gets messy, which is why we created the Bless Our Mess podcast. Taylor and Kelly are your hosts, and we are having real, raw, vulnerable, and unedited conversations about strengthening marriages and families, parenting approaches, life's triumphs, life's failures, and all of the mess in between. Taylor is a licensed marriage and family therapist and brings his life's work and experiences to these crucial conversations in overcoming life's biggest challenges and finding joy in the chaos of life. Welcome to the Bless Our Mess podcast. Welcome back to another Therapy Thursday. Hope your day is going amazing. Uh, In part of therapy, one of the things that I try to do is help clients identify the lenses in which they view the world. This is taking a look at their perceptions, how they interpret things, basically, again, how they just view the world and themselves and, and other people. So part of that is helping them recognize a, a triangle between our, if you can imagine a triangle at the top, you have your thoughts and to the left and right at the bottoms of the triangle, you've got actions and emotions and trying to help the clients recognize that they feed off of each other, right? When we think a certain thought, it will elicit a certain emotion, which will then play into how we behave. Certain behaviors will trigger certain thoughts and feelings, and feelings uh, will trigger certain thoughts and behaviors, right? And so here we are, they're all intertwined and they play off of each other. And that dynamic plays a major role in our quality of life, you know, with ourselves and within our relationships. So part of what I do with my clients is help them identify if there are any distortions in those lenses, if there's any distortions in those perspectives, because distorted thinking can elicit those negative thoughts, negative emotions, and then negative behaviors or complicated addictions, um, anger, you know, acting out in anger, certain behaviors that just really lead to us feeling regret and shame. Uh, sometimes guilt, you know, and so taking a look at um, these distortions is crucial because when we identify them, it's so much easier to go, oh, ah, that I'm using that thinking again, right? And it makes it so much easier to challenge it, and that can make a huge difference in your mentally and emotional well-being. So today, I just wanted to cover the top ten most frequent distortions that I see in therapy. And then in a later episode, um, I would like to, you know, delve more into um, how you can break yourself out of those. But right now, I just wanted to spend some time going over them. So the first is an all or nothing thinking. All or nothing thinking is where we look at things as if they are absolute, if they're black and white, um, and we fail to see the gray, right? And so a lot of all or nothing statements, they would sound like, "Mm, I never feel happy. I always feel sad. 
everything is terrible. Nothing good ever happens. It's always going to be like this, right? So we can see how it's kind of just this fixed mindset. We're either all in or we're not, or things are always this way, right? So the second is overgeneralization. And when we overgeneralize, this is a where we view a negative event as never-ending pattern um, of defeat, you know, and this is where you'll hear um, always and never statements. It's very close to all or nothing, but it's, um, I always do this to myself. You know, I'm, 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 I'm such an idiot. I'll always be this way. I, I can never do anything right. And, Right? We just overgeneralize or, oh, I always do this. You never do that. You know, I joke a lot, about, you know, when we were first married, an overgeneralized statement that I heard from my wife was, you never take the trash out, right? And obviously I got defensive over that and we've talked about it in previous episodes. But in those, right, you never do this. That's an over overgeneralized statement. The next is mental filter. Um, and this is where we dwell on the negative and we ignore the positives. Oh man, I remember an example of this was when I was in graduate school, Matt, I was doing really well. Uh, I had a 4.0 up until toward the end where I had one A minus and I was losing my mind over it, right? Because here I was, I was discounting all of the positives I mean, and so I ended up graduating graduating with a uh, a three point nine eight, and that doesn't even matter in the world. But you know, in this moment, it meant the world to me. Um, and so here I was, hyper focusing on not getting a four point and my sweet wife just was like, "Nobody, like I'm I'm proud of the hard work that you put in, but like no one cares about your GPA. <laughs> you know, they." They just want help, you know? And so um, there I was, right? I was discounting all of this uh, hard work and, and, and the accomplishments that, that, I, that I put in that effort for. I was discounting all of that and just hyper-focusing on a, getting an A-, minus, right? Like I look back at it and I just shake my head. I'm shaking my head right now <laughs> as I record this episode because I'm going, just enjoy the journey, you know? But so discounting, um, or sorry, mental filter. The next one is discounting the positives. Now you see with a lot of these distortions, they will overlap, you know, um, but because they have their small minute differences and, and they'll overlap, but the next one is discounting the positives. And so this is where you insist that your accomplishments or your really your positive qualities don't count. So um, this is where someone would be like, oh, wow, you know, you did a really good job on that. And you discount that, that, that positive by saying like, oh, no, anyone could have done that. You know, if they just put in the work, anyone could do it, you know, and they really just in a roundabout way um, are self-deprecating, like a self-deprecating person. Um, they're really good at discounting the positives. The next jumping to conclusions. 
Um, and this is where we conclude things are bad without any really definitive evidence to support it. We're just going to assume it's going to be bad. Um, this might be, you know, you're waking up and the day hasn't even started and you're just like, oh, today's going to be a bad day. It's like, well, we don't even know that, right? So the jumping to conclusions obviously is a very predictive, um, distorted thinking error or a distorted way of of thinking because um, here we are, we're kind of trying to predict or we just assume, right, that it's, that it's just going to be bad. And so there's two parts to jumping to conclusions. The first is mind reading. And this is where we assume that people are reacting negatively to us and like it's just us that they that they do that to right we kind of personalize something that's that someone does as if again we're we're reading their mind oh you meant that just for me when in reality it's they they probably interact that way with the world and here you are you just happen to be the person that they're talking to so the first is the mind reading the second is fortune telling this is where we predict what's going to happen and that it's going to turn out badly. Kind of like that when you when you wake up and you're feeling a little off and you just go, oh, yeah, today's going to be such a horrible day. And, you know, I've had those moments where I wake up and I'm just, oh, I just groan. And, and then I catch myself going, oh, no, no, you jump into conclusions here. We don't know what today's going to look like. And even though I don't feel good, rather than almost it becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy where my day just goes horrible, once I catch it, I'm like, okay, I know I don't feel good now, but it leaves me open to, you know, I'm recognizing some of the things that are going well, some of the things that are positive and, and developing relationships and the things that bring satisfaction to me rather than just fortune telling that none of it's going to go well. The next is magnification or minimization. Now, this is where we blow things way out of proportion or we shrink their importance. You know, um, so that would be, let's say you get a flat tire uh, on your way to work and you magnify that to going, oh, great, now I'm going to be late. And I'm going to get fired. And because I get fired, I'll no longer be able to support my family. Uh, I'll let my family down. My wife's going to think I'm this horrible husband. And right, it's just, whoa, we're mag- it's a flat tire, right? And uh, I had that with my, with my grade that I mentioned earlier, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't get the 4.0. That doesn't mean, you know, I just awfulized that, Um and magnified it till I was this horrible student and like, oh, I let myself and my family down. It was nuts, right? And another way that we do this is we minimize things, right? We we tend to like uh, say we are late to work or it's like, oh yeah, but it was just three minutes, you know? And we really kind of just avoid accountability. That's kind of minimizing really is when we start to avoid accountability we're falling into that trap, that distorted thinking of minimizing things. Oh, it wasn't that bad. 
you know, maybe you say something hurtful to your spouse and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and they express it. Wow, that was really hurtful. It's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know, it wasn't like I called you a explicit, explicit, <laughs> you know, um, and we downplay again, maybe we hurt somebody. Um, the next emotional reasoning. This is where we reason out um, how we feel. I feel like an idiot. So I must be one, you know, this is where we let our, you know, you've heard me in previous um, episodes talk about letting certain life events mean something to you, not about you. The emotional reasoning is the culprit behind letting things mean something about you. Much like with my grade. I let that mean that I wasn't this good student, that I was dumb, that I didn't know what I was doing. And it was, right, just looking back on it again, I'm shaking my head going, come on, right? So, but here I was, I felt that way, right? I didn't perform to the level that I wanted to, so I felt like I was a failure. Therefore, I concluded that I was a failure. I was letting that mean something about me. And I'll do this sometimes even in my relationships, right, with my wife and things like that. Maybe I'm having an off day and she doesn't feel um, emotionally close to me. Um, And if she voices that, right, I quickly emotionally reason that I'm not a good husband, you know, that I must be this emotionally vacant, you know, absent person and she's not happy in the marriage and, you know, I'm, I'm this crummy person. It's nuts how quick we can down spiral into this negative self-critic. And again, the culprit behind it is emotional reasoning. The next should statements. And should statements are slippery, right? I, I, um, this is one I personally struggle with a lot. And this is where we criticize ourselves or other people with shoulds, shouldn'ts, you must have, you ought have, uh, you have to, you know. And this is where, oh, I should have done that. You know, maybe we make a mistake within the relationship. We say something hurtful and we're just, oh, I should have. Uh, said this, or we say something harmful and our spouse brings it to our attention. It's like, well, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have said, I never take the trash out, right? Shouldn't have said that. And I wouldn't have acted the way that I acted, right? And there we go. There comes the minimization, right? Jumping right back in. That's why I say a lot of these just overlap, but should statements, right? You should have, I should have, Um, are going to be huge. The next, labeling. This distortion is instead of saying, oh, I made this mistake, you tell yourself, I'm a jerk, right? Or I'm a loser. This kind of goes off of that emotional reasoning where we let our shortcomings mean something about us. And ultimately, really at the depth of it, we feel like we're a failure. And so we label ourselves as a failure. And man, that's going to play a big part in how we feel and act, right? Like if we feel like we're a failure, 
we're going to lack motivation to go above and beyond and start reaching for higher expectations for ourselves and start to create higher standards for ourselves and our relationships, right? This labeling is so toxic, but we do it a lot, right? I know I do. I know I do. I tear myself down too much. And it's obviously something that I'm I'm working on, but watch out for those labels, right? That's one of the bigger ones in my book as far as distorted thinking, especially as I get involved in in working with these couples and, and these families. It's like, oh my gosh, not only are we labeling ourselves, we'll start to label our spouse or we'll start to label our children. Then we start to create those um, expectations and assumptions, right? And and that was covered in a previous episode. So if you, if you have a chance, go back and and listen to that one. But the final one uh, that I wanted to cover is blame. This is where we blame ourselves for something that we weren't entire, we weren't entirely responsible for, or it can go the other way around where we blame other people and we overlook the ways in which we contributed to a problem. And this goes hand in hand with those should statements, right? Like if, if there starts to be a conflict within the relationship and, um, you know, you shouldn't have done that. And because you did that, I did this, right? And so here we are trying to, again, avoid accountability for our part by shifting the blame onto our partner. When in reality, um, you know, it, it could have, as we take accountability, it's going to completely dis- diffuse that. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I didn't take the trash out. You know, um, you know, I'll, uh, we'll work on ways to keep me, you know, on top of that, you know, something like that. It, as opposed to, oh yeah, well I've been out working all day and yada, yada, yada. Right. And I hear that just go back and forth with these couples and it gets exhausting. To the point where these couples will start to develop a mindset that I don't deserve this. And then sets in a comparison for alternatives, right? And that's where things get dicey in a relationship. If you start thinking and comparing your current circumstances to something that potentially could be, yeah, it's going to really start to lead to the dissolution of the relationship. And so I just wanted to cover most of the, you know, again, these are probably the top 10 that I, that I work with. And I really try to help my clients become cognizant of them because we can't change what we don't acknowledge, right? So the quicker we can catch ourselves in these, um, the shorter the distance we travel down that path, you know, because again, thoughts, emotions, behaviors, they all feed into each other. And if we stay on that distorted track for too long, yeah, we're going to end up with relationship problems. We're going to be facing depression. We're going to be facing anxiety. So if we can recognize them as early as possible, then we can start to do something about it. Right. And that, will be, you know, one of the next episodes is how do we break ourselves out of this? You know, how do we break ourselves out of distorted thinking when we recognize we're doing it, 
right? So spend some time. I invite you, I challenge you to, you know, go back, either re-listen to this or maybe you were taking notes. I don't know, but just go through and identify your top five out of the 10 that I mentioned. Pick out the top five that you do so you can become aware of it, so you can do something about it, right? So for me, mine is really that discounting the positives. Um, I will definitely do emotional um, reasoning and I do a lot of labeling, right? So there's probably out of those 10, those are the four at least that I know I use frequently. But that makes it so much easier for me to challenge them because I recognize I do it. Um, And I want you to be empowered by that as well. So spend some time, review this episode, list out your top, you know, three to five. um, And you'll, you'll start to notice just that recognition that it'll start to turn things around for you mentally, emotionally, behaviorally. So I hope this helped out. And in the next episode, we'll cover 15 ways to break yourself out of these distortions. We'll catch you on the next Therapy Thursday. Thank you for joining us on the Bless Our Mess podcast. We hope this episode has added value in your life and the lives of your loved ones. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing, following, and reviewing the show. Remember, when life gets messy, to join us and together we can bless our mess.